Um, Father God, would you please now speak to us through my words, through my weak and foolish words. We pray, Father, that we might grab, that you might grab our attention and that we might hear what you say to us. By a man called James Williams. It's about how social media, which, don't get me wrong, offers us so much. It's about how social media grabs our attention and often takes us away from those things which we would want to focus our attention on. So, for instance, as part of my preparation for this, I needed to check a fact on YouTube. And uh, I saw a, sh a link to a short video with Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson. Mr. Bean. And I clicked on it and watched a very funny clip with Mr. Bean. But it wasn't actually what I wanted to do. I was caught. I clicked on it. And that's what the social media platforms of a contact, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Google, Yandex, you name it, are in fact trying to do. They want us on their platform. They want us to stay on their platforms because while you are there, you are giving them your attention. You're giving them information about yourself and they can use that information to target you with ads. So, as they get to know you, those ads are designed for you. There's no evil genius behind it. There are those magical things called algorithms. Algorithms which notice that you click on videos showing Mr. Bean doing silly things, and so they'll offer you clickbait of Mr. Bean doing silly things. Algorithms which notice that you're drawn to conspiracy theories, whether of the right or the left or the flat earth society or whatever. And so they'll offer you clickbait of more of the same. Algorithms which notice that you click on things which you would prefer other people didn't know you click on. And yes, that information will also go into the pot and they will use clickbait on that. We live in a world which is trying to catch our attention. Social media has just taken the whole thing one major level up. But adverts are trying to catch our attention. News programs are trying to catch our attention. That girl or boy is trying to catch our attention, or we're trying to catch their attention. The salesperson is trying to catch your attention. Politicians are trying to catch your attention. Preachers are trying to catch your attention. I am trying to catch your attention. And believe it or not, God is trying to catch our attention. And God is not beyond using clickbait. Good clickbait. He's not beyond using something to make us curious. There's a story in the Bible about a man called Moses. God wants to speak to him. So he shows him a bush which burns but is not consumed by fire. And Moses goes over to investigate. And in the story of the birth of Jesus, I guess you could say God uses clickbait. 
He uses a star. And the wise men notice the star and take the bait. They want to find out more and they travel to Jerusalem. He uses angels in the sky appearing to shepherds and he tells them about a child wrapped in linen clothes and lying in a manger and they're hooked. They say, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that is taken place. Let's find out. But there's a huge difference between why we try to catch the attention of others and why God wants to catch our attention. Most of the time we want to catch the attention of the other for our gratification so that we can get them to do something that will benefit us, to buy our goods, to do what we want them to do. God wants to attract our attention because he loves us, because he has done something for us and because he wants us to know his presence, his freedom, his peace and his joy. Here's something to say to us. He's saying to us who have forgotten him, who have become blind to him and deaf to him, who've given up on him, that he has not given up on us. He still loves us. He opened his arms wide to us in forgiveness and acceptance. He wants to show us righteousness, the right way to live, so that we're not slaves to the instant, we're not slaves to the passions, but so that we can be free to give our attention to the good and the true, free to receive love and to give love, free to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of others, free to serve and to become beautiful people on the inside. He wants to show us how he is faithful to his promises. Do you know for 2,000 years, for over 2,000 years, God had promised to his people that a Messiah would come. And now in Bethlehem, it was happening. And he wants to give us a certain hope of his coming kingdom, of joy and life and love, of abundance and peace and mercy. God has something to say to us and he wants to attract our attention so that we listen to him. But that's not all. The problem is that many of us stop there and in stopping there, in listening to the message, all that happens is that we become proud and arrogant and think that we are superior to others. You know, we know the message and they don't. We're on the inside and they're on the outside. Knowledge, said St Paul, puffs us up. So God does not just want us to listen to the message. God wants to attract our attention so that we, who in our attention are zipping off here, there and everywhere, will in our minds focus in on him, come to him, come to meet him, come to encounter him. The eternal came from heaven to earth in order that we who are from the earth, who are of the earth, might meet the eternal. And it is that meeting, that encounter, which transforms us, either for condemnation or for salvation, for eternal life. 
So the shepherds and the wise men do not just learn from the star or learn from the angels that a great king, a great savior has been born. They go to meet him. And when they meet him, him, it changes them. The wise men kneel down and worship him and the shepherds walk away praising God. They take the bait. They've gone to see the baby born in the stable and he now commands their attention. The spotlight, if you like, focuses in on him. They cannot see anything else apart from him or perhaps more accurately, they cannot see anything else except in his light and they are filled with joy. The great icon writers get this. The light portrayed within the icon does not come from outside the icon, but from the presence of the person who is the focus of the icon. So how does God get our attention today? How does God get the attention of people who think that they are sophisticated and that they do not need him, who have made themselves their own center and reference point, who have become blind and deaf to him. How does he get the attention of people who, if you are like me, your mind is going in every different direction most of the time? Well, there is the clickbait. The things that grab our curiosity today that draw us in. It might be an attractive website, a book, a preacher. It might be a wonder, a person who's been transformed or an act of gratuitous kindness. But God in his mercy has another way of attracting our attention. He can in his mercy disrupt our lives make us realize that we're not in control, let alone immortal, that he can strip away from us the things that we rely on. And there are those great disruptive moments in our lives. Maybe having a baby, maybe getting divorced, maybe a business deal that goes disastrously wrong or a catastrophic failure in business or at work. Maybe being made redundant, losing our income, and not knowing how we will survive. Maybe there is bereavement. There's been a lot of that around, isn't there? I guess many here will have lost people this year. The loss of those we love. Maybe there is sickness and there is plague. Please don't say that in all those things, God has abandoned you. Far, far from it. God may, didn't necessarily bring those things, but God can use those things to come very, very close to you. You see, these are the crisis moments. In the fullest sense of the word crisis, which in Greek means judgment. They can make us turn from God or they can make us turn to God. And only we can make that decision. We can continue to think that we can live without God. Or we can rail against God, you know, like self-tortured Ivan in Brothers Karamazov. 
Or we can cry out to him for mercy, for that encounter with God in which, in the spotlight of his presence, everything and everyone else loses its power to grab our attention. On the front of the order of service, I've put a picture that has really struck me this year, this Advent. It comes from the mid-fourth century. A shepherd stands and gazes at the baby in the manger. He just stands there, and the baby is the focus of his attention. It took me a week or so to notice that it's not just him looking at the baby, but that the baby is also looking at him. The story is told of the man who used to go into an empty church, sit down and stay there for an hour or two, and then quietly leave. The vicar said to him one day, you must have a great deal to pray about. Oh, far from it, says the man. I come here and sit down, and I look at him, and he looks at me. I pray that this Christmas, amidst the many things clamouring for your attention, including the mobile phone, that there will be something that grabs you and draws you, not just to hear the message of Christmas, but who actually meets with the eternal Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was born on that first Christmas night.